We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> Episode 2 of Yellow Jack's Edible Complex may be over, but we are just getting started here on Post Show Recaps, doing a deep dive into each and every episode of Season 2. If you want to make sure you don't miss a single podcast, be sure to subscribe at postyourrecaps.com slash yellowjackets or search Yellow Jackets in your podcatcher of choice. You can also go to postyourrecaps.com slash subscribe to see some of the top shows we're covering now and subscribe to all of the podcasts. If you want ad-free versions of all these podcasts, become a patron at poshorecaps.com slash Patreon. I am Jess Sterling, and here to give me a makeover today is Marissa Garza. Marissa, how are you? Uh, I'm pretty sure that I would have the same results as Shauna did. Oh, no. (laughs) I am not very good at makeup in general. So, um, yeah, so sorry in advance. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure the blue shadow look uh, works well on me, to be fair. I Um, mean, it could be a themed party or something. 80s, 90s theme, maybe. Yeah, Yeah. I'd be good for that. But regular everyday makeovers, I'm sorry I'm out. Um, well, I, I'm so far. Uh, you know what? I think I'm glad then that this week we're joined by a special guest who brought her caboodle. Noah, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. I only sleep watched the episode five times um, in a wake like <laughs> once. So we'll see what my takes are. <laughs> so exciting um of course there this isn't the only yellow jackets podcast you'll hear this week we started off this week with the early buzz with myself and josh and then of course there is succession versus yellow jackets later in the week with josh and lt and of course grace is going to be joining them this week and of course you can't forget if you have feedback if you have theories 
We want to hear them. PosherRecaps.com slash buzz, buzz, buzz. You all have been absolutely stellar in sending in feedback and theories, and I'm yeah. loving it. I am eating. It's like candy for me every week. Marissa, she really just, is. Mm. Like, we get little messages like, did you see this? Did you see that? Or what about that? And so it's yeah. really fun. So thank you so much for everyone yes. sending in their feedback. We because really millions it. of brains are better than just two. So yeah, obviously- and everyone sees something different, and then it no. like causes us to look at it differently. So yes. I love it. Uh, no, before we dive into the episode, what is your history with Yellow Jackets? What are you thinking of the season so far? Oh my god, I'm obsessed. I've been obsessed like all, all throughout this last year when I started watching it. I think I finished season one. I watched it as it was coming out, mm-hmm. finished it, then continuously rewatched it. Took a little break, found my sanity again, and then the trailers <laughs> came uh-huh. and the casting announcements <laughs> came, and I became obsessed again. So. I think this time I'm going to be rewatching as the season goes along, but it's all very feral, uh, like our uh, teen girls in the yes. world. Yes. <laughs> I think it's hard to not get obsessed with the show just because they have, between the casting, like the acting, the mysteries, it's so hard to not get sucked into like the rabbit hole that is yellow jackets yeah and they plant all these little things so pausing makes sense and sort of trying to sort of um like synthesize all the information you get from episode to episode it just lends itself to being obsessed so mm-hmm. i i appreciate it i feel seen and taken care of by this show <laughs> amazing do you have any any theories that you want to throw out there before we dive into our episode that you've been hanging on to that you haven't heard before mm-hmm. overall anything you could think of okay i think big picture i don't mm-hmm. know if this is like not being discussed uh or just it has this is what i go through in my mm-hmm. head I take out a calendar and I try to figure out how many of each month we'll have. Because some times of the year, we're going to have two. And some Mm -hmm. of them, we're only going to have one. So if I understand correctly, they are going to be found in the middle of winter number two. Right? Oh, I see. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So everything, like, and I am convinced that the scenes we saw in episode one, like in the pilot, are scenes from winter number two. Yes, so, I think that I think that tracks to me yeah. as well. So everything that happens in winter number one is going to be followed by some sort of summer where things are easier and they can sort of examine what they want and mm-hmm. see where mm-hmm. this is going. There's game about, available to them. Yeah. Yes, they don't have to like I don't know if we're gonna see more uh Jackie style snacking in this season. Mm-hmm. I think this is all just like laying the ground for what's about to happen. And then I think a lot of the bigger things are we're going to only see in like season four or later in season three or something. So this is what I'm always thinking about. Like, what is the long term thing and how does how do these 19 months play out instead of like, OK, so now they've done, they've done this. We're deep into everything that's going on. Like this yeah. is now a catabolistic cult and everything. No, I don't. I think everything's a slow play. And this was a little uh, nugget, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um for what's to come in winter number two. So I've started thinking of the shows like summer number one, summer number two, uh, and winter number one and winter number two, where they are going to get rescued at some point or found somehow. Uh, I cannot keep track of time on the show. So A plus to you, because <laughs> I am like, oh, I didn't even think about that. I just was like, it is winter. So that's a really, you know, um, interesting concept to bring into mm-hmm. viewing the show is just like the time. I know there's also like discussions around, you know, w- 
distance between locations and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole other section of exploring the story that um, is lost on me. So thanks for bringing it to the podcast because yeah. I forget about that from time It's a to really time. good point. And I think to your point, Noah, too, um, like – just because they were had cannibalistic tendencies once doesn't mean that this is the end all be all because it's very different to ritualistically hunt people down and yes. kill them for sport versus attempting to cremate a body, it turning into a slow cooker of sorts and consuming the cooked meat that is in front of you when you're starving in the winter. So totally valid points. And I think that's such something like that's something I'm going to be keeping my eye out for too is like tracking when we are in the story versus when we know they're going to be rescued it's nice that we have this like 19 months of time that we can kind of fill in the dots on this timeline well oh my god waited a few months before they had the slow cooker like so it it wasn't like it wasn't their number one yeah yeah, and Marissa, now I know you mentioned pre-pod. We're gonna we're starting to look like a Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny. <laughs> but I feel like if we got one of those timelines on the wall, we'd really that would look be like really him. good. Like I, I might have to make one of those. <laughs> Who has a what is it? Is it Misty? That's like, do you have your cork? Do you have a cork board available? Yeah. Everybody have like a spare whiteboard hanging around. I don't have that, but pins. I have Canva. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> can make it happen. Not sponsored, but could be. <laughs> um, so let's let's start deep diving into this episode because there is so. So much that happens this is a very uh, dense episode too. Um, so uh, yeah, of course, Edible Complex comes from Oedipus Complex Freudian theory about like young kids and how they may have like sexual desires for their mother and want to kill their father. So this is kind of interesting, especially knowing that one of our characters is pregnant currently. Mm-hmm. But also, I think there's like we could point to Callie being like an example of this as well. Um, being that she's having a little bit of a fraught relationship with her parents currently. <laughs> um. Especially her mom, right? Like the, yeah. the tension there is quite thick. And But I also wonder if we could also apply it to Shauna and Jackie's relationship. It's not a parental relationship, but it's definitely like a non... Yeah. I don't want to say like non-traditional because what even is that? But like, it's different. It's a different mm-hmm. type of thing. And we're still trying to explore it. And we're trying to figure out what it actually was. Was it like sexual love, fraternal love? Like what type of love existed yeah. between the two of them? I think, I don't think of it as like the sexual element or like uh, she was in love with Jackie, but like the idea of replacing your father by like taking mm-hmm. like, like doing that replacing Jackie taking like the leadership or like be mattering more I think that's like more of Mm -hmm. what's happening who matters the most in this situation and Mm -hmm. Jackie was like immediately did not matter when they crashed so like she wants to replace her and then there's this added layer of okay and she's also useful because China's pregnant and starving and yeah she wants to be here right like Jackie says like oh you're gonna in the very what is the first episode when the captain gives Jackie the the, or the the coach gift Jackie the captain role you're gonna help the team well Mm. she does like kind of eventually um but yeah she does provide um so let's start off 1996 we are in the meat shed Shauna they're running out of meat Shauna is in there and Jackie is behind her taunting her saying there isn't much left uh, and jo- Jackie is saying, well, what did you do with my ear? Shauna lies and says she buried it. Um, and Jackie requests that Shauna braid her hair and covering cover up her missing ear to make it kind of look nicer. Uh, and we get this like longing glance, Marissa, from Jackie to, sh- or, excuse me, from Shauna to Jackie's like 
a neck area. Mm -hmm. I'm curious what you thought of this. If this was more of like a, I'm so starving that I could eat her. Or if it was more of that, like longing glance. I think it's a little of both because um, in this conversation, I think Jackie says to Shauna, like, you're hungry. Like, this is, you're hungry. And she's like, "Eh, yeah, I'm kind of, and I already ate part of you. So that, you know, or like trying to see how much can be seen from the ear is kind of how I took it is like, do I need to, (laughs) like, what is going on over there? Um, It definitely is a look of longing as well. I think she's got a a lot of things mixed in there. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so back in the cabin, everyone is hungry and everyone knows that, uh, that Jackie's just hanging out or John is just hanging out with Jackie yeah. in, in the meat locker. Um, and Ty is like, we, we have to go get Shauna. Like it's time to eat. We're all hungry. Lottie seemingly asserting some kind of authority saying like, no, she'll come when she's ready. Leave her alone. And we discover Noah that somebody has pooped in the pee bucket. And we all know if it's yellow, let it mellow. If it's poop, go outside. Yeah, we also know that whoever smelt it dealt it. So Ty. (laughs) Fair point. Fair point. Yeah, yeah. Ty calls them a shit show, which couldn't be more accurate. Uh, And she also finds out like the lantern is missing. So she's going to be the one to take out the poo bucket. And I feel like we all can probably be on the same page here and kind of realize like this was Issa, right? This was Ty's altar that's doing this. Yeah. 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 And if it's Uh, not... Ty should know that there's a good chance that it was and she should immediately volunteer to do it just out of like, you know. Yeah. I think in her mind, she's like, well, I've been tied to Van this whole time. Like it can't be me, but I think we'll find out later that like, it seems like she may have been slipping away before this incident. Yes. Um, So back in the meat shed, Jackie asks Shauna to do her makeup and she starts taunting Shauna mm. a little bit. She says, Jeff only had sex with you because I made you into someone else. You only had sex with him so you can imagine you were me. And when when Shauna is just mm. like, you know, she's trying to have some defense against this. Uh, Jackie says, you're hungry and food isn't what you're hungry for. Marissa, she takes a knife, cuts open oh, her forearm and mm. laughs. Uh, Shauna gets really upset about it. And she's like, well, you're the one holding the knife. Yeah, like this is um, like... I don't want to say mean girl stuff, but it is kind of like, it has that type of vibe to it in terms of their interactions of like, I'm going to make you do something that I don't want to do. And then, you know, you're going to be the one that takes the blame for it type of thing. It's really interesting that this is all playing out in Shauna's um, subconscious. And I don't know if I have had enough time to really unpack what this all means, because there's so many things going on here. Like mm-hmm. she is interacting with her best friend who she has a lot of affection and longing for. She's also very hungry. She's also the one, even though Jackie is the one holding the knife, we know Shauna is the one holding the knife. So I think this is a really clear um indication that not only do we have a, a like a break in Taisa with Ty and Isa, we are getting this break between Jackie and Shauna as well. And um I know we talked a little bit about this in the last episode, but maybe like there's forces that have to balance each other out. And so I just keep trying to look for one side and see it reflected somewhere else, basically. Um, but this to me also does indicate like a break in her psyche. Yeah, I think uh, not to move too far ahead, yeah. but I think mm-hmm. uh, um, Travis experiences the same mm-hmm. thing with Lottie being like a part of him, sort of being split between himself and like the part that is sort of following Lottie. Mm-hmm. So this is a theme coming back in multiple characters. 
Yeah. And I think it's, it's worth pointing out too. Like these are, first of all, they're teenagers to begin with. So like hormone balance and everything, right. All out of whack. On top of that, there's, and she's pregnant and they're starving. So like, there's so many, and and she's grieving. Like there's there's so many things. Yeah. There's so many things to point out here that could be leading to this, but certainly important to note that uh, I think the line that fascinates me the most here is you're hungry. Food isn't what Mm -hmm. you're hungry for. I think that is so fascinating, and I'm certainly going to be keeping an eye on that mm. as we move forward. What do you think it is? Do you have a, a hot take? I think mostly it's like you're hungry. It's it's more the psyche of like you're hungry to be me. Mm. It's not just that it's food you want. It's you specifically want me, and it's because you want to be me. By consuming me, you have a part of me inside of you, right? So it, to me, that's what it seems like. But again, it's so hard to know because I think of all the characters, Shauna is the one who has like m- some of the most stuff going on with like being pregnant too. Especially with Jeff's baby. Like, it's very, it's so convoluted. It's hard to pinpoint exactly what's going on because it's everything. Yeah, Um, I read it as, like, you're hungry to eat things that you don't consider to be food. Or, like, like like a pica type of, yeah. Yeah, expand your definition of food. Or, like, yeah. Yeah. So, present day, we are at Kyle's house, Callie's boyfriend. Uh, She's vaping. And he's like, oh, you're vaping a little bit too much lately. She says, what if my only way of dealing is to numb myself into oblivion? Which, Marissa, this seems pretty familiar. Yeah, I mean, I haven't had a, uh, like, I really, speaking, I think I'm going to have to make this timeline. I'm going to have to make a timeline. And then I'm also going to have to track how specific characters are dealing with trauma. Because Callie is 100% picking up from how Shauna deals with trauma in terms of just numbing herself out. And I know in some of the stuff that I've seen around the internets um there's even some signals to that within their wardrobe and what they're wearing in specific (gasps) um scenes so i promise to come back to this as we go out throughout the season because i think you know we we talk a lot about the trauma that was experienced at that time but we have this opportunity to see how it's impacting the next generation and i mean not that there are people that listen to every podcast that I'm on, but if you have for some reason, you know it is not a Marissa podcast unless I say generational trauma. <laughs> so um, <laughs> this is an opportunity to kind of see where um, the generational trauma effect might come into play. Mm-hmm. And Noah, it's fascinating to point out to you that like just last season, Callie at one point wears Jackie's yellow jackets outfit. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's it's wild, right? Like you can see so much there of the connection. Yeah, it's all like she's trying to sort of distance herself from her mom's trauma, but also sort of try it out on herself to mm-hmm. see if she understands her more. I don't know. There's some this like weird thing where she's pushing her mom away, but she's very deep into her like shit and all of her messes. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, that's really hard for Callie. Like, I don't blame her for being kind of an asshole, but she is an she's asshole. She's also a teen, she's a yeah. teenager too, right? And like, she knows her parents are lying to her. So I don't know that we can really get on Callie's case too, too much mm. when your parents are there to protect you and you know they did something really, truly horrible and are lying to you about it. We, when we met her, she was this way. Like, she has not changed that much <laughs> since <laughs> we met her. Typical but, teenage Callie. Yeah. But we can assume that Chana's always been this way. So mm-hmm. something is escalating for sure. That's why the show started when it started. But yeah, yeah, I think she's always been like sort of fascinated and put off by her mom and mm-hmm. all the secrets that she's probably hiding. And I can imagine she's probably picked up on a vibe that something's been 
like bothering her mom for a very long time and now she has this one specific thing that she can use to try and figure out which is what happened with adam so she's mm-hmm. probably like oh you know let me figure this out but also ugh mom at the same time yeah so Callie decides to break up with Kyle after he yeah. says, oh, my mom's going to make chocolate chip pancakes. <laughs> Bye. She's she's out of here. <laughs> uh, back in 1996 in the cabin, Fan wakes up, notices Ty is missing. She is walking through the woods with no shoes on. She sees the eyeless man and follows him. Ty nearly walks off a cliff, but luckily Van tackles her and snaps Ty out of it. We see as they're walking away, the symbol is on the tree. Uh, Ty doesn't remember any of this. The last thing she remembers was going to bed. And she says, and so Van asks, are you stressed about anything? And Ty says, yeah, like, you know, Shauna is talking to Jackie. It's so messed up. Van wants to talk to Lottie and see if there's anything that she could do for Ty, considering what she did for Travis during his panic attack. But Ty is very much against this. Now, Marissa, this certainly feels like something that could cause a rift in Van and Ty. I know we've been kind of setting the seeds of planting the seeds of we have the Lottie camp of faith and mm-hmm. the tie camp of reality, if you will, the John Locke versus Jack Shepard. Although Josh and I posited, it sort of feels like Nat might be the uh, might be the Jack Shepard, yeah. in this case scenario. But what do you think? What do you make of all this specifically? What the hell is going on with the eyeless man? <laughs> well, okay, so I put this a little bit later, and I think like one of the things that came to me during the scene was is Javi the eyeless man? Like I don't know how that could happen, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that I don't Everyone know how that could is happen. Yeah, pretty much everyone is Javi. Like, I am on Javi. Like, every person, I'm like, oh, are you Javi? Are you Javi? I don't Uh know. Javi, Javi, Javi. So uh, that was one thing. But um, it seems as though that, like, Teisa was, or Isa was basically driven to follow the eyeless man to this cliff. And so I don't know if in... I don't know the eyeless man's motivations for this. I don't know if he is doing this because, like, Isa needs to be stopped like I or you know I don't know what the motivation is is like I think this is the first time this season we've seen the eyeless man outside of the credits so um it's the only thing that we have in terms of his interactions or their interactions with things do you assign like separate consciousness to the eyeless man or is it like the same split like is it just a manifestation of Issa or something I have oh that's that could be too mm-hmm. like that could be that could be Issa like what could if be, that that's is Issa's Issa. leader like what yeah. if that's like Issa's leader right because Issa is the one doing bad things Issa is the one who goes based on instinct who doesn't consider others feelings who doesn't even consider her own well-being what if the eyeless man is the one like puppeteering right marionetting isa or something something or it's like a personification like of because it's too much for her brain to handle like the eyeless man is the personification of the motivation for isa in Mm -hmm. in that way to like just continuously follow blindly basically blindly blindly. and there's something there with the eyes too because like i've said before like tawny Mm -hmm. cypress especially i think whenever she turns from ty into isa the, for me, the most notable place to be looking is her eyes to tell that change. So to me, there's just something there about eyes and the significance around them. So something I'm keeping my eye on. Well, and the whole like uh, at the altar with the doll and no eyes, like eyes. Yes. Eyes, eyes, eyes. That's another chart we need. Eyes. How many times yeah. are eyes oh, Sam, Remember Sammy with the eyes on the oh. wall and everything? Oh, the bad lady. Um. So, uh, so yes. Yeah, so back in present day, 
speaking of Ty, she is pounding the caffeine to stay awake. We see her taking some sort of medication. I could, I couldn't tell what it was. Uh, And there's a moment, creepiest moment, Noah. Oh, where Ty is sitting at her vanity and we see the mirrored version of herself turn and look at her with this menacing look. And I was like, oh, Isa. Oh, so creepy. So creepy. Right? Creep me the heck out. And it's like, and now I understand why. Because every time I look at this, how this uh, show is categorized as like a a thriller, Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, really? And then that moment happened. And so I'm like, okay, I I get it. I get it. (laughs) I don't understand why she thinks not sleeping is the solution. Get some handcuffs. Do something. Yeah. Lock yourself in a room. Get your handcuffs. Handcuff yourself to something. Eat the key. Because eventually the key will come out, but it's going to take a little bit. Okay, that is also a flawed plan. (laughs) But I don't think we should spend time examining that too. One of the things that stood out to me here was that, like, everything she was doing, like, all I could hear in my head was she's girl bossing too close to the sun. Like, everything (laughs) was capitalistic, everything was girl bossy. And so I wonder if there's some sort of, yeah, thing with that as well. Control, but Mm -hmm. I feel like if you are so tired that you will fall asleep no matter what, you're going to start hallucinating, then you're not even going to know what is like you. And what is this thing that you're trying to control? And that could be the motivation of the thing that you're trying to control to try and take over the mm-hmm. other side. Yeah. So back in 1996, uh, in the cabin, everyone is kind of working outside, getting stuff done. Nat sees Lottie and Travis having a conversation. And soon we see Nat and Travis back out on the hunt. Uh, Nat was not there for the blessing from Lottie this time, which I do think may be important later. Um, and she's like, I don't think it really matters. Travis says the T is just a symbol of not being so closed off thinking, you know, everything. It's very man of faith. Everyone has their role. We're going to need more than food to survive this winter. So they separate, they go their separate ways. They agree to meet up by that mossy tree stump that we've seen previously. And immediately I got to pull something in from Reddit because when I saw this, my brain was blown, uh, from have one on me on Reddit. Um, they posit that possibly Nat's description of where they're going to meet uh, matches the symbol mm-hmm. that we're also obsessed with, where when that sun hits the peak, we'll meet back in the clearing near the weird mossy tree. So when you look at the symbol, the sun is the circle and the meeting at the peak, it's like the triangle body type of thing. Now, obviously, we don't know what the other markings mean, but that could be something. No, what do you think of this theory? I saw this and I was like, okay, I I spent five minutes staring at it, trying to see it as a map. Ooh. And I, I really want to, because I feel like that would be super cool. If it's not uh-huh. supposed to be like a person, if it's not abstract, is this a map? I cannot see it. I tried. It's like one of those, when you, you know, those things where it's like supposed to be 3D when you like look at it. <laughs> yes. I really, really tried. I was like the, the guy in Mallrats, like staring at it for, for a long time. It doesn't look like a map to me, but I want this to be true because that that would be that would be mm-hmm. really, really cool. Can't see it. The only thing that I could see is that if that is connected to that whole mine situation, because then I think that the hook comes into play. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it might not like it might not be that specific peak in that 
moment, but I think it could be foreshadowing that there is a place where this will make sense. Yeah. Um, marks the spot, but not yeah. with an X, but like hook. Yeah, yeah, there's something there, but regardless, I just, I loved that this person Love was it. like astute enough to pick yes. up on that. You Love know? it. Um, so this this is the kind of theories we love people sending in. <laughs> um, so back in present day at the cult compound, Lottie is trying to uh, defend, uh, you know, oh, this isn't a cult. It's an intentional community. We turn suffering into strength so we can live our best lives. Uh, and she says that, oh, yeah, the burying in the ground, that's a that's a, a therapeutic treatment and one of my favorites, Marissa, is when Nat is like, oh, you and all your purple yeah. garbage. She's like, it's heliotrope, not purple. Uh, duh. That was also one of the best uh, Birkenstock orders I think I've ever seen in my life for heliotrope Birkenstocks for this place. <laughs> it's all very co- color coordinated. Mm-hmm. But yes. Yeah. I mean, I guess get break out the Crayola crayons. We're not talking purple. We're talking heliotrope. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Lottie says that um, after Travis died, I thought you might do something stupid. So I sent some of my people to keep an eye on you. And when they saw you with the gun, they acted fast. You're welcome, by the way. Uh, it's just like. It doesn't explain anything. They don't have to kidnap her violently. They just need to make sure that she doesn't kill herself. Yep. Kidnap the gun. Don't kidnap yep. the person. It's ridiculous. Uh, so we we see again the same cultist follower mm-hmm. from last time who got stabbed with a fork thanks to Nat comes over and brings Lottie her smoothie, um, which isn't correct. She didn't put the right ingredients in. Yeah. She put she, in that maca root. She wants ashwagandha for focus, not maca yes. for libido. Hello, obviously. Yes, <laughs> she takes the drink anyway and immediately tosses it in the trash. And you're just like, come on. I mean, this is like a, I mean, this is like high school Lottie coming back out, I think, a little bit. I was like, what? Okay. Well, this is not like high and mighty, like, spiritual behavior. It's just interesting because it's, she doesn't seem like this when we see her out in the, yes. in the t- in teen years in the wilderness, right? No, like, yeah. she does seem to be exercising a little bit of power when she says things like no don't go get shauna she'll come when she's ready leave her be she's grieving right all of those moments but certainly much more to that degree in the future yeah it also doesn't seem like a, it's a this is more like classic cult leader behavior or something i don't know but this mm-hmm. i think everything feels more sincere or authentic when we see teen naughty yeah. and this doesn't yeah and- and the only thing we have to point between those two things is what happened when they got off the plane like, right. and, and her treatment and they'll help yeah. you like they helped me. So there's some more to finding that out. Yeah. So we also got some feedback here, Marissa. Yeah. Uh, do you want to, do you want to read what sure. we got from Chris Goodnight? Yes. Chris Goodnight wrote in and said, stabbed with a fork girl. I'm guessing by the time episode two is over, we will have an answer to, if she is someone or just some random i can't imagine she's some random because it's nat or nicole means natalie means it's from the from the chicks <laughs> that was like old old uh, <laughs> but this is nicole means who rosemary also wrote in to tell us about is a friend of rhap and has been on the Terran show before so, so exciting yeah we have a connection here um besides being out um Besides being an out and proud trans actress, she is best known for her role in Supergirl as Dreamer Dream Girl. I just can't imagine they'd be making a casting announcement that would essentially be a Froger Nikki Paolo type role. 
Yeah, from Lost. From okay, Lost. thank you. I yep. was like, wait. Um, this is a season four Friar type of role. Whether or not she is Lottie or Shauna's daughter, only time will tell. But the actress herself is 25 years old, which is exactly the right age to be playing one of their children. So I, I do believe in the casting nod here. I think you don't just put someone in a role here like that. Yeah, I, I tend to think, Noah, that... I do think this act like this character will become important, but I don't think it's because she's related to one of the yellow jackets. I just think mm-hmm. she's going to be in, in, an important cult member for Lottie's like the people that Lottie controls basically. Yeah. I didn't get any like signs that there's more like background, especially not from that conversation where she's like being reprimanded for making a, a smoothie. I feel like she might get like a bigger role and she's going to have more like important scenes, but mm-hmm. I don't, I don't get the sense that there's something like, I am intrigued to see what function she does have in the plot going forward. Like she does seem like she's going to be important. And she, the we two episodes she's in in both. Yeah. Right. So there's, yeah. there's something there for sure. Do you yeah. think she'll be pit against like Nat will use her, like she'll be Nat influenced, Nat fluenced. I mean, after she stabbed her, I don't know. I mean, I don't know, but like, she didn't throw a smoothie away. Like, maybe all these like builds up of like, she's like, I'm over this. Yeah, Yeah. I don't know. Maybe she gets kidnapped by Misty, trying to get Nat back or something. There we go. So back at Shauna's house, uh, Callie is sitting in her bedroom looking at Adam's license, and Sean invites her. Shauna invites her. Do you want to go shopping? Your dad's working late. We can go spend some more money. But Callie says, no, I'm going out with Kyle. She's very dismissive of Shauna, doesn't want to hang out with her. Shauna tries to say, well, you're getting older. I'd just like to spend some time with you. Um, We got a little bit of a prediction here from a listener, Dana, who says that she predicts uh, Callie will either be killed or badly injured in the future. Um, Why not depict how depraved it is that or how depraved characters can get? Uh, in season one, the show had no qualms depicting Shauna's self-abortion attempt, and given the gross implication that the girls may eat Shauna's baby after its birth, since adult Shauna has been portrayed as so cold and callous, it would not shock me if she murders her own teenage daughter, if Oof. Callie finds out the truth about Adam's death and attempts to share this with other people. Um, I don't know that it would go that far. In fact, like, I don't know, Marissa, maybe I would say the opposite, that we may see a bit more of Shauna's humanity when it comes to to Callie, because she does love her. Like, it's not like she's not making an effort. Yes, she's a little cruel and a little calculated and a little cold, but I do think she loves Callie. And I wonder if she would feel seen with having Callie know this about her. And that, like, you know, when... When Jackie asks or says, you're not hungry for food, I, I do think there is a, an element of Shauna wanting to belong. Like, that's part of the reason why, you know, you you want to be the popular girl. You want to do these things. So um, I wonder if having her whole family know, because, like, Jeff knows. And so, like, having her family know would bring her, like, the superpower of feeling belong, like, feeling belonging. And then who knows where it could take her. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, like... I do think that Callie is like could be a casualty of everything that's happening. I don't know if it's like I, I feel like Shauna is tragic enough to like do something that would lead to Callie being hurt or dying, and then just like another thing that Shauna just like not really 
she's always trying to hide things or I don't know, she's not very calculated in a good way. Like all of her conversations with like the police and everything, she's very bad at, at covering up everything that's happening. So I can see her like messing up to the point where Callie is um, a casualty of it. But mm-hmm. I would like for her to stop asking her if she wants to go shopping and giving her her diaries or like actually being honest with her mm-hmm. instead of trying to manifest this like relationship that it's kind of like she wants her to she wants to do her makeup you know like jackie she wants her to she wants her to have a normal childhood but like it's just frankly not possible with (laughs) you know what i mean with everything they've gone and gone through so she was born to the wrong family for that yes adam's family this up (laughs) so over at misty's house she's calling ty again ty is not answering she says i have evidence that nat was met with foul play uh, she, I, I love how her asking, um, oh, are you and Shauna having like a spa day without me? Uh, I so- also like, she's like, it would be great to have the support of my teammates. Yeah. <laughs> As if they're still teenagers. Yeah. It's very funny. As if she so- was ever on the team. Oh, Sorry. true. She was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, that makes me even more sad, to be honest. Uh, so Misty had posted the photos of the, the cameras on her like citizen detective Reddit to see if anyone knows how to hack them. Uh, but they're so old, they're antiquated. They say, no, they're just for show. And she hears from putting the sick in forensics again. He says he has an idea, but only if she will stop shitting on all of his Adam theories. So <laughs> fun little kind of meet cute with them later, if you will. <laughs> Back in 19- it was very cute. I, anytime that like, Christina Ricci's on my screen, I'm, I'm just so overjoyed. It's just, she cracks me up so much. I'm also just delighted by all the little things that, um, uh, putting the sickness in forensics uh, mm-hmm. sick uh, is doing because it's also like yeah this is the equal of a person who puts don't talk to the police and a cookie like this is it yes it's, it's so lovely yeah i'm rooting for them <laughs> those two crazy kids yeah <laughs> uh back in 1996 in the cabin ty goes into the meat shed sees jackie with her hair braided her makeup done which uh, someone had posted on Reddit. There's that meme of that little girl who's like three years old who has like this bright, shiny blue eyeshadow and sloppy <laughs> lipstick. And they were like, the same? Like, <laughs> Crack me up. It's so funny. Uh, so she confronts Shauna about it. She says, you've been posing her limbs like some effed up doll. What you're doing is not okay. No one understands. They're trying to separate them. Lottie, of course, is coming to Shauna's defense. She was her best friend, Ty. Uh, Ty says, you have to stop. This is for your own good and for the good of your baby. We're getting rid of Jackie's two-month-old corpse. It's time to cremate her because the ground is too frozen, Marissa. They can't yeah. body the, the or bury the body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All I could think about was, first of all, people put on your shoes. Second of all, I mean, I know, but still. Uh, second of all, it's going to smell. Um, but here, what was really interesting was the power dynamic, I thought, because usually yeah. it's Lottie calling all the shots, or at least, you know, the season so far that we've seen. Yeah. Um, and Ty comes in and she's like, we're going to cremate Jackie. And like the only person that opposes is Shauna, but nobody like there's no it just happens like. I don't think Lottie even like opposed it. No, either. She, she's. Only the treatment, only like the anger in Ty's voice, right? Yeah. So if I don't know if maybe if Lottie wasn't in favor of it, she would say something. But yeah, it does feel like it's mostly just the way that Ty is coming at Shauna that Lottie disagrees with. I feel like 
once they bring Jackie's body out and they can all see like the braided hair and the makeup, I think all of them are kind of like, oh no, <laughs> we need to get rid of this body. That is effed up. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting that like Ty said, this is what we're going to do. And everyone kind of just went with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So back in the present day, we're at Shauna's house. Kevin Tan arrives. And honestly, I feel like I should have. It should have dawned on me that Kevin Tan is a detective. Mm -hmm. We have a missing person and a murder. Why wouldn't Kevin Tan be involved? But I was super pleased that he was involved here. He comes in. He asks Shauna about Adam Martin. She does admit to the car crash. She says we exchanged information for insurance purposes. Once he says, well, we see you texted a lot. She says, well, you know, he was an a-hole. He wasn't cooperating with the claim. And he wasn't admitting that he was at fault. Callie comes to her mother's rescue, says, mom, like we were supposed to go shopping. So uh, Kevin says, oh, we'll be in touch if we have more questions. And Shauna says, what Misty said she should have said in the first place, do I need a lawyer? I've seen too many cop shows. No, this was like, Shauna shouldn't have said anything. But of course, it's Kevin. So how is she not going to say anything, you know? Yeah, I think he used his relationship in a smart way. But also, Misty told you, sometimes you have to listen to Misty. I know it's not intuitive. But, like, the first thing she should have done is, like, I need my lawyer. That's it. Yeah. I just was, like, oh, yeah, I mean, I guess this isn't now. But, like, they know what text messages, like, they know what the text messages are. So, for her, like, she just, like, kept stepping into it. And so that was, like, Mm -hmm. that, of course, was there to, like, give us as audience like tension and anxiety and all that and it worked because i was like what are you doing like these are all so dumb like everything that she says is stupid well and i like that it i do like that this shows us that shauna isn't infallible right she is very smart but she is not uh, she it's not that she can't be duped or manipulated or tricked I think that's really important and I like that the show is giving us mm-hmm. that because she she isn't like omniscient you know she's not able to get away with everything we've seen her and Jeff be like dopey and set the tree on fire it's <laughs> they're setting this up to be like yeah they're sloppy this is like very very sloppy of her um, what do you think of her explanation to Callie that cops are sexist and that's oh, why she- I mean <laughs> like, there's truth in that but yeah it's a right. really stupid excuse i was like is that why is that like gonna be her motivation for all things you know like i'm doing this for women like, for women for women. no or i'm doing this for your dad your poor dad yeah, yeah. Your poor father yeah and i again we get to see a little bit of shauna's coldness where like callie goes to walk away and shauna says oh go out the back so kevin yeah he's still out there not another word of like i'm so sorry you're like having to go through this no just go out the back make sure you go out the back so he doesn't see you after yeah, she cold. like helped her out and everything yeah, it's, and, and Shauna knows that Callie knows something. Like, she understands what's happening, but yeah. she will only have this one type of relationship with Callie, and she won't, like, deviate from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, back at Ty's house, uh, she Sammy's at her house suddenly. He walked all the way from school to see her. Uh, so Ty's like, okay, let me get you a snack. Let me call your mom. You play with Steve. So she calls Simone to tell her that Sammy left school, walked to my house. He's here now. At Misty's work, Elijah Wood shows up, wheeling around an older woman. Misty, like, immediately notes him, looks at, like, his cargo shorts and, like, long red socks. 
there is a note left for her on her lunch, but it is a blank piece of paper. I, you know what, Marissa? I was like, please, can the show just give me what Elijah Wood's character's name is so I could talk about, <laughs> stop talking about him as either Elijah Wood or putting the sick in friends. <laughs> I loved the fact that he knew exactly who Misty was and like eyed her down yep. as he was like walking with the first of all, I really hope that the person is safe. <laughs> like I don't know who yeah, the who person is that? walking through this yeah. place with. Um, but that was that was really, really good. This was a meat cute of all meat cutes, Noah. I don't this this was arranged. That's not a meat cute. <laughs> oh, that's true. It wasn't. A, yeah, I guess if it's I, like fake, it's a fake meat cute. It is. Yeah, like- not to take away from it. It was delightful and made me happy and all the things, but it was premeditated. I just love the eyes he gave her. You yes. know, like I, I know you. This is so nice. If he knows who she is and he knows mm-hmm. that um, Adam had a secret girlfriend, does he already know that they were on a plane crash together? Or is this like. I don't think he know. I don't think he knows because he's not the cops, so he doesn't have like access to. Oh, I guess we don't think he has access to uh, Adam's phone logs, so Mm -hmm. he just knows that he was involved with a secret girlfriend. He doesn't doesn't know who the secret girlfriend is, right? But I'm positive if he knows where Misty works and everything like that, he certainly knows her involvement in the plane crash for sure. You think he he knows about Misty? Doesn't know about Shana. Okay. Yeah. Do you think that he? But do you think he might be mistaking the two? Like, do you think he might think that Misty is the other girl in Adam's life? Oh, hmm. I don't think so. And trying to, like, solve the crime and then, like, yeah. they'll I think he it. just finds her intriguing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, don't we all? Who wouldn't? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Fascinating person. <laughs> we took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Back in 1996, Nat and Travis reunite and Nat shows him Javi's pants ripped and covered in blood. We get a flashback to Nat stealing the pants, cutting her own leg open to cover the pants in blood. And we see Travis break down from this news. This was so hard to watch, but at this, you understand why Nat does what she does, even if it's terrible, even if it's a terrible, terrible thing to do. Um, Marissa, Mm. how long until Travis finds out the truth, do you think? I think it's going to happen pretty soon because um, they just got like super close, you know, physically and (laughs) emotionally and everything. And, you know, in later on when they're having sex, she has to like cover up that cut. And I have a feeling that that is going to come into play. And I also think Lottie is going to have some interaction. This was like a, this was hard because it's like uh, a kind act but also a lie <laughs> but yeah. and but I, I get like you were saying I get why why Nat did did what she did but I think it's gonna come back to bite for lack of a better term her in, <laughs> <laughs> in, in short order here yeah. yeah yeah that's what I think anybody else got any hot takes yeah I don't I think they'll drag it too long yeah i mean because i i think based on our prediction of like javi's gonna show up in the future timeline before we see him in the past in the 1996 timeline i think they'll drag it out for a little bit but i i don't disagree with you marissa that lottie is gonna play a big part in the reveal of javi because of lottie and travis is now connect like spiritual connection i guess is what i would refer to it as and we know based on events in this episode that like they remained connected Right. So something something happened. Yep. So back in the present day, we're still at the Colt compound. Lottie and Nat are in a sharing session, uh, (laughs) which is what we should call our podcast from now on, Marissa. They're all all sharing sessions. Yeah. (laughs) I'm here for it. (laughs) So Lottie tells Nat that the night Travis died, he called her and said the wilderness had came back, come back to haunt him. And he hung up on her. So Lottie drove to see him. He was terrified, paranoid. And she had, or he said, the only way to confront darkness is to get as close to death as death as possible. Uh, and he mentions when Van died, when or Van almost died, when you almost died. Now, Noah, is he referring to the moment where she smashes her face against the glass? Because that's what we see, fit, like it, on the screen. But that doesn't feel close to death to me. No, I think something else is coming up. Because we see like a. I'm not sure if it's in this scene or it might be later on in the episode. We see there's a moment where Lottie is like almost drowning in, in water. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if maybe that was more of the close to death moment he's referring to. Maybe. I don't know. I, I wasn't sure if he's referring to something that we already know about. But mm-hmm. I mean, there's plenty of time left for all of them to almost die many times. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> so Lottie tells him he uh, he's in a vice grip of his trauma. So she does the same thing she does when he has a panic attack where she puts her hand in his chest and they're really, really close to each other. Uh, Lottie says she thought she'd reached him. So she fell asleep and uh, she asked Travis about Nat and he said Nat would only make things worse, Marissa. How? Why? Like, I mean, that that to me makes me think that he knows that Nat lied about Mm, Javi. Javi. Yeah. I think he, I feel like in this moment, he's looking for 
a spiritual connection. And Nat is not the person sure. for that. And that's why he called Lottie over, over Nat. Because sure. he's looking for like, I need to get close to death. Like Nat's not going to be about that. She's not going to help him with that. <laughs> Lottie is much more open-minded when it comes to those types of matters, I would say. Yeah, um, but why was she right about then? Like, yeah, that's what we that still don't know. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, so we see, uh, we see a lot of it in flashback form. Uh, Lottie waking up. Travis isn't there. He left instructions on how mm-hmm. to get into his bank account. Left her a note, like you said, Noah. Tell Nat she was right. He had candles all around him in the shape of the symbol, rigged a crane on his neck, wanted to be unconscious for a few minutes. So he finally convinces Lottie to help him by giving giving her the remote so that once he's hoisted up and goes unconscious, she can bring him back down. But the remote malfunctions. Uh, Nat doesn't believe her. And we do see. So this is interesting because when I talked to Josh about this, Noah, I had said uh, we both kind of agreed that because we're literally seeing this happen it kind of feels like the show wants us to think these are factual things that did in fact happen. Where do you land on this? I am very conflicted. And I think this is like the, the thing I chose from Reddit. Cause a lot of, a lot of the Reddit uh, people were like talking, is this, are we supposed to believe it or are we not supposed to believe it? And mm-hmm. I feel like so much of it felt so false. And I think we were meant to feel like she's lying. Cause it doesn't make sense, but there's the, the, the element that she's not telling Nat a certain piece of it. Like, she's um, telling her, like, uh, everything that happened. And then when it ends, Nat says, and there's nothing you're not telling me. But we do see another part of it, which is her hallucinating, seeing Laura Lee and, like, um, in that moment where, she, like, the baptism and all these, like, she's having this uh, mm-hmm. spiritual experience, remembering or, or, like, having this waking nightmare while this is happening and that part she's not sharing with nat so that is like well i can't tell nat this part because she's gonna accuse me of being the Mm -hmm. same old body like uh believing all these things uh being i don't know like uh some sort of supernatural being i can't tell this to nat but why would she lie 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 and then still have in her head something that is connected to this story that is apparently we're supposed to think is entirely a lie but she's still not telling Nat about it. So I think what we're, this is what I've like decided. I I think the overall thing that she was there, that she saw Travis kill himself, like all of that, that something about her imagining or like seeing these visions was the thing that ended up like preventing her from helping um, Travis not die. That is probably true with a bunch of lies in like, in between interesting like he did not leave her his bank account details for her to save him he did not leave a note telling that she was right without any context like and i do think we don't yeah. we do see the tell that she was right like we do see that note in the in the like visually we see yeah it, but we don't see him say here's my bank account details so i do think there is a little bit room there marissa for there to be some like ambiguity as to oh. how much i mean obviously lottie is not the most reliable of narrators oh uh, yes I, um Javi. um <laughs> <laughs> where maybe that's what we need to call our hobby watch is who is the obvi hobby lottie's hobby i don't know <laughs> <laughs> no i mean um when it comes to lottie she does seem focused on telling people what they want to hear like 
pretty much all the time. So it, her story is like what she thinks Nat wants to hear. Nat obviously is calling her on it and saying like, there's more to this because I can see through you. I can see what's going on. You know, Travis said he wanted to come close to that. He was definitely being troubled by something. He he didn't say he wanted to die. I don't think he was like, here is my bank account information. That does not, that does not track in terms of what, mm-hmm. even from what we saw. Um, it didn't seem like he was like preparing for this to be his last experience on earth. Right. You know, like he just was like, I need to go quiet this part of my mind. Lottie will understand this. And um, so he got a little bit more than he bargained for in that situation. But I think, Lottie knows that people don't understand what he was trying to do. And so she was like trying to make up the story. Like she had to get the bank account information to like do the thing to prove that he was going to actually die by suicide that night and like all this stuff. Like she's, this is mm-hmm. Lottie's cover up. Yeah, it's really. The- oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I think um, the big piece of what's missing here from the story is what got him to the state. And I think right. what we know is that um, what's her name? Jessica Roberts was there that day. Yes. Like there's something like he's been blackmailed. There's something that's pushing him to the state and he's going to Lottie for it. And I'm sure Lottie knows what was going on, but she's not giving that this context at all. So mm-hmm. um, why is she keeping those things? Like we know why she's not talking about her visions. But why, like, what are the other details about Travis that she's not telling that? And why isn't she telling that? Yeah, it's really interesting, especially like we get like a zombified looking Laura Mm. Lee. We're not sure what that means. And Nat points out that every time you try to save someone, bad shit happens, which is, again, interesting. Who else is she referring to? Um, Mm. She says, you have all the broken toys around here who think you walk on water. Uh, and she's like, I'm going to stop you. But Lottie says, well, you're not going to do it tonight because it's too late. So you have to spend the night here. Um, we did get a little bit of feedback from Kat saying that uh, they think that we shouldn't be trusting Lottie's story. If Travis mm-hmm. wasn't actually planning on dying, why would he leave his bank account details with Lottie? Uh, and also Lottie didn't provide any explanation for Travis's note of telling that she was right. Um, the only thing we've seen Travis and Nat disagree on is Lottie's faith and Javi's survival. So I have to assume that whatever is going on with Javi will probably be revealed in the 90s timeline. So it's safe to assume that Travis was referring to not trusting or believing Lottie, in which case, why would he put his faith in her beliefs and try to have a near-death experiences? Do Um, we think that, like, the eyeless man is involved in this situation? hmm. Like, is this... That feels like a Thai thing. I don't know. I like, mean, I, is the yeah. eyeless man only connected to Thai? Like, we don't you know. Yeah. So, uh, from all these interviews that, like, the writer of the episode yeah, did yeah, and yeah. the creators, a lot of it, they're talking about a lot of these things as like internal experiences. Like, yeah, you're not supposed to sort of be able to tell if you're if supernatural things are mm. like completely uh, off the table. But the things that we do get are mostly like internal experiences, like Lottie and Travis, and mm-hmm. and um, like Shauna talking to Jackie. Like we're just deeping, going deeper into like their psyche and their psychosis, and some of it, like, and we really do get it told like very, very explicitly when something is like a shared delirium, like mm-hmm. we have at the end of the episode, Later. or yeah. or like um, uh, Doom coming and all, yes. like you we are very aware and when things are shared between people and the eyeless man is only a tie thing so far 
So I don't know if it's like if we're supposed That's to fair. assign something like mm-hmm. real to it. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It'll um, be interesting to see like what the yeah. show gives us because I'm sure this is not the last we see of like what leads up to this interaction between uh, Lottie and Travis. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Um, so yeah, also worth pointing out, uh, someone Murnock Moth on Reddit pointed out that the whiskey bottle, uh, was pretty full and it seems like only Jessica Roberts had a glass because on Travis's toxicology report, he was clean, Mm. which again is worth noting because we know that, uh, Nat has had, um, substance abuse issues like alcoholism and and, and drug addiction, that type of stuff. So worth pointing that out that he was completely clean on the night that this all happened. So at the very least, like in terms of thinking clearly, his his mind was not altered by substances in that moment that we know of. Important point. Mm-hmm. Now back at Tyus's house, Simone arrives. Bad sign that the door is locked by the chain. We see Ty sleeping at her counter. Sammy isn't in his room and the window is open. They are going to go ha- out and have to look for him. Uh, in this moment, Marissa, what were you thinking when you watched live? Were you thinking, oh my God, did she kill Sammy? Well, this is the second show in recent history where I've watched where there's been a window and a kid involved. So I was like, oh no. <laughs> um, but I, I, this is when I was like, oh, this is, this is not a good feeling. I don't know if I could trust everything that I saw before this moment. Um, I don't think she killed him. I think she's just kind of like lost track of him at this point. At this point, I didn't know that it wasn't really Sammy mm-hmm. in the situation. I thought he just like ran away and it was going to be like just another strife between Taisa and Simone in terms of like you keep blacking mm-hmm. out and you can't take care of take care of Sammy type mm-hmm. of thing. I didn't assume any found fault foul play. Yeah, no, I think this was the part where I was starting to get a little bit worried when I saw that the door was locked with like the the chain lock. I was like, oh, no, 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 that's not a good sign. <laughs> something foul is afoot here. Something terrible has happened. Oh, I assu- so to me, the chain was the first. I was like, oh, he's not really there. Oh, yeah, I, I am very Noah's gullible. Noah's an astute observer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I am I, very I, gullible when it comes to this I did not stuff. believe anything. Like, we spent the episode seeing her being completely, like, out of her mind. So I didn't, yeah. like, she was so, like, um, like, very aware and very nice and very calm when he arrived. And that did not seem possible. And, like, yeah. her call, like, she was like, oh, she made, like, this very calm, like, she's very rational. She calls Simone. She's like, oh, we should come pick him up. No, that's not happening. And then when, like, mm-hmm. when she opens the door, she tries to open the door. I was like, "Oh, he couldn't have gotten gotten in because obviously she locked the door with the chain because yeah. she is afraid that she will leave and do stuff." Yes. Yep. Yeah. Back in 1996, everyone is building up this wood pile for Jackie's body. Ty and Lottie carry out Jackie's body. I just um, have to say, if they studied like Norse mythology or something like this pyre, they did a real good job. It was like wonderful job. It looks great. Really well done. Yeah. They have a little bit of a debate as to whether or not they should take Jackie's jacket. Shauna mm. says no, tries to fight Mari when Mari moves to get the jacket off of her. I understand. I think it's like really tough, right? It's, it's, are you going with your heart or are you going with your head? Because a jacket is a very valuable resource to have in the winter months. I'm surprised it took jacket. until. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm honestly surprised it took this long for this to come up because that body has been in that shed for two months. So I'm kind of surprised it took this long. Um, 
and this is when uh, Shauna is kind of grieving by uh, Jackie's body. Lottie comes over, notices the cut on Jackie's arm from earlier. Shauna kind of pulls down the jacket to cover it up, which of course is an ulterior motive for not wanting Jackie to lose her jacket. Um, and this is when Lottie takes off Jackie's necklace, the very important necklace, and gives it to Shauna. Marissa, would you like to remind us a little bit of the history here of this necklace? Because it does play a very important part in the yes. show. I think if I remember correctly, it went Shauna, Jackie, Jackie's Jackie, Jackie, Shauna. Jackie, Shauna. Yeah. Sorry. On the, on yeah. the Jackie to Shauna on the, um, on the, the plane. plane. Right. And then Shauna to Jackie when Jackie's having a tough time adapting. Right. To and the wilderness. then back to Shauna, but then it ends up on pit girl. We see. At, yes. At one point, you know, at the beginning of the whole series, we see that it's on on Pit Girl. So how does it get from Shauna to Pit, Pit Girl? Girl? And this is where I'm bringing in my Reddit theory, my Reddit roundup theory for the episode. I was fascinated by this. So thank you, Iced Vanilla Oat Milk, for your contributions. <laughs> um, so we talked a little bit about like uh, about the the importance of the necklace and how it ends up on Pit Girl. Now, it's very interesting that not only is Pickerel wearing the necklace, it looks like Pickerel is also wearing Laura Lee's nightgown when she's running through the forest before she falls in the pit. So if you look at it this way, this person says, if, especially if Lottie is Antler Queen, it would make sense to pay tribute to Laura Lee in some way since she was the first to die from non-crash related reasons. She sacrificed her life to try and save the team just as Jackie did in a backwards way, saving them from hunger. To me, this is why they are included in part of the ritual of the kill, which I'm sure evolves over time, perhaps even seasonally. Mm -hmm. Now, not only will I echo all of those Ooh. things, I yeah. also would like to add that Laura Lee is very important to Lottie for like spiritual religious reasons. She is the one who baptized her. She is the one who kind of inserted belief into Lottie when they got there. She like Lottie is the one who goes to Laura Lee, like asking her about religion and everything. So this makes so much sense to me that this would come into play in terms of their, their ritualistic sacrificing or killing of of girls noah yeah laura lee is like the first person who tells like lottie that all of the things that she's feeling are faith and not psychosis like yeah yeah it's i think oh. that these are all symbols or there's things there are things that we're supposed to sort of track of how like how they're used but i am fascinated by the fact that so far they've only been moved between two people who we know are not involved in like neither of them is pit girl neither of them is like at, at some point they're going to infuse more meaning into this necklace mm -hmm. and make it well, some oh. part of the ritual yeah and there's another reddit theory marissa last time i spoke about this whole queen of hearts theory mm -hmm. right the cards the deck of mm -hmm. cards and how important it is someone else llama llama puncher what a name llama Ooh. puncher <laughs> Reddit said the pendant being a heart also makes sense with the queen of hearts imagery that has been used in the marketing for this season. My personal theory is the card drawing will somehow play a part in the ritual. Whoever draws the lowest number is hunted for the night and whoever draws the queen is the antler queen for the hunt mm. to make it quote unquote fair. Or if you survive the night, you become the reigning queen or something like that until the next person survives. That is fascinating to me, Marissa. And I didn't even think about the queen of hearts until this person pointed it out. Well, the queen of hearts famously in Alice in Wonderland says off with their heads too. Yes! So, you know, yes! 
Um, oh, like the show. This gets me like, how do we get here? You know what I mean? How do we get to a place where yes. we are drawing cards for our lives? But it makes and, sense because like oh. they're pulling cards as to who goes yes. and gets the water, Misty. Yes. And like Noah says, like if you look at it like a progression, this is not an overnight thing. Oh, right, right. No? I'm very intrigued in the how we get like how we get there. And that yes. might be like the entire point of the season is like we get to that yes. point by the end of the season. Um I also like what makes Shauna um, part from the necklace because I have a feeling she's quite attached to it right now because she ate the ear of her best friend and then mm-hmm. actually yeah. ate her best friend. Um, so that's like the only touchstone she has. Like she can't go talk to Jackie in the meat shed anymore. She just has this necklace. So what gets that to come off of her? Yeah. The, this is a very you know thought provoking question provoking scene for me it's just so many of the different things can come out of this one little here here's the mm-hmm. necklace back props props yeah. to the props department yeah <laughs> well and Noah, it's worth pointing out too when we're looking at who is the antler queen right this is like one of the big mysteries of the show um i think it's interesting that when we see pit girl pit girl is wearing both a from for my interpretation a symbol of Lottie and a symbol of Shauna in that we have the nightgown from Laura Lee and the necklace from Shauna from Jackie, right? Like they're Mm -hmm. two very important things to those two people that are really central to the show. And what's also interesting is that like when you, okay, this is a white nightgown. How is she going to fall into a pit on a bunch of sticks bleed out all over this nightgown and it still be usable the next time the ritual rolls around like they must have some hardcore bleach stain remover out there if that's the situation it could also be the first ritual right like we don't know yes. when we're seeing this or what's happening or like if uh, if this is going to be replicated maybe this is the first time that they're making it a ritual and it's mm-hmm. not just like a necessity whatever we saw this week um yeah, yeah. it's a good I point Oh, I love the show. <laughs> so back in present day, we're at a bar. This time we're following Callie, which was very interesting that we're kind of seeing her doing her own mm. thing. Again, we saw her with Kyle earlier. Uh, she's at a bar with her friend. She notices a guy checking her out. So she starts flirting with him. He says, oh, my parents are getting divorced after 26 years of marriage. <laughs> I'm helping them move. She lies, pretending she's older, and she goes to Rutgers. And she says, oh, yeah, my mom is cheating on my dad. And we find out his name is Jay, or at least he says his name is jay like javi i'm just saying <laughs> <I'll be> Javi. <laughs> it makes no sense but this is how we're gonna get there everyone to- <laughs> everyone is javi <laughs> yeah um so this was interesting because we know later we're gonna find out he is playing undercover he is a detective and kelly just spills the beans immediately to him <laughs> Uh, Speaking of cards, he knew exactly what cards to play in this mm-hmm. situation. Yeah, I yeah. love John Reynolds. I was so happy to see him. I forgot that he was in this season, but he is so fun. Did you watch uh, Search Party? I did not. I have not. I mean, I know he's okay. in it. I haven't seen it. He does show up in an episode of Sex Lies of College Girls, which I'm a big fan. Oh, of. yeah, yeah. I think um, he was also on Stranger, Stranger he, Things. I don't yeah, he's watch. a cop in that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, okay. Funny. Yeah. He's definitely not a cop on Search Party. He is a, a fun um, millennial hipster. Um, that, that show that's, that makes, sense makes time to watch this show. It is Noted. <laughs> more demented than Yellow Jackets in some ways. So I don't know if that's a selling point. I think it is. Um, he is delightful in this too. He's so 
smug uh, when he's like, oh, I got all these details. Like, he's, uh, and yes. he's perfect with Callie. Like, he's being so, like, immediately dis- disarming and, like, immediately talking to her. There's no, like, oh, you're so young. Like, no doubt. Like, she has no suspicion. She's like, oh, I've got game. With I, a yeah. crossword yeah. puzzle. It was a crossword puzzle. He was like doing a cr- She's like, oh, hey. Yeah. I think it's interesting because I think if we're looking at Callie as a, a, a different version of Shauna, this makes sense to me that, yes, she is very smart, right? She did find the license in the grill. All of those things can be true, but she also is able, she's still a very young, impressionable teenage girl who like can get duped by a police officer at a bar. So I think I like that kind of juxtaposition of like, we see we see Shauna getting interrogated by a cop. We see Callie getting like not so interrogated, but like trickily getting interrogated by a cop. So I kind of like the parallel track that they're on. Christy. It's like a cycle. Yeah. The terrible cycle that no one yeah, wants to be yeah, in. No, yeah. We don't want <laughs> Please get cycle. me off of this ride. <laughs> but we are noticing the cycle. Uh, back in 1996, in the cabin, Nat and Travis come back. And Ty has told, because they're like, what the hell is going on here? Ty says, it's time to move on. Uh, Lottie, when they say, oh, we found Javi's pants. Lottie immediately says, no, Javi's alive. I can feel it. And Nat is just like, shut it down. Absolutely not. Shut your mouth, Lottie. Don't even start with me. Uh, this was fascinating, Noah. Like, what did you what did you make of this? That Lottie has this like feeling, this gut feeling. Yeah, I mean, she is really believing. She she has hope. She's um leaning into every like like faith that she has. Anything that she believes, she's trying to like really accept it as truth. Um, mm-hmm. and she, that's why she's so confident about everything. She says, no, no, this shouldn't happen. This should happen. Like, and people look to her because she is the most sure. And this is another thing that she's sure of. And she doesn't like to be doubted because mm-hmm. that's not what she's going with right now. Yeah. I don't think she has information maybe, but maybe she does. That would be cool. Yeah. I think it's more of a gut vibe. Yeah. I think this is more like Marissa going back to season one when we see, child Lottie knowing that car crash is about to happen yep. it's more of like a gut vibe for her and then like the question for us is like where where do we put our cards like what do we believe in are we believing in intuition and faith or are we believing in like science and reason yeah like oh no one could possibly survive out here for two months but the fact is that uh, I think because this is a television show, I just feel like we're bound to see Javi, right? Like, uh, and I think the show likes that where everybody every week is, this guy's Javi, uh, you know? <laughs> I think I think they like that. Um, so Shauna has a torch and she says, Jackie, I'll never have another friend like you. I don't even know where you end and I begin, Ooh-hoo-hoo. which Ooh-hoo-hoo. again, yeah. I'm sorry and I love you. She lights the pyre. Travis puts Javi's pants on there and says, goodbye, Javi. And mostly everyone goes inside. But I do think what I love that the show did is they have kind of our three uh, main suspects for Antler Queen staying behind. And, and and the three most natural leaders as well. And Ty, Shauna, and Lottie all kind of standing looking over Jackie's body. Fascinating. Well, the old, like, Jackie was the captain. So now, mm-hmm. you know, they shall are. shall be the new captain. Yeah. 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 This is why I did not like Josh's theory that Jackie's Anther Queen. Because I did not like it. It doesn't make any sense to me. I think, like, 
the the idea from the beginning was that Jackie was going to be replaced. Like she cannot be a leader mm-hmm. in this situation. She mm-hmm. doesn't have like like Travis said, everybody has to play a role. And Jackie was not playing any role. And they have no respect for her. None mm-hmm. of them. Even Shauna doesn't have real respect for Jackie in this situation. Because she doesn't even see her as her own person. She sees her as part of her self, yeah. of, of We're together. Yeah. yeah. She did her best to protect Jackie for a while when they first got out there because Jackie did play a role but like her role was no longer needed when they were in the situation in the situation that they were in right she played the like social role in high school okay well they're not in high school anymore they don't need that role she is uh, she's not needed anymore she is not uh, pertinent to this this kind of situation that they're all in I I love that they had all three of them standing there I think like those and I think I love what the show has done in terms of making it abundantly clear that we shouldn't think that any one person is the antler queen currently because there's yeah. so many possibilities that are still out there and any one of these three women could be the leader and also the fact that we have like three very strong women that could be in charge mm-hmm. just like made my heart sing a little bit just <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like Not- love strong female characters and we shouldn't forget Nat who is like maybe probably won't be like an official leader at any point but she has authority within the oh show. yeah i mean to be the provider that's a big that's a big role yeah yeah um back in the present day we're at the cult and nat throws all the cult garb on the floor lays on the bed uh we see her have blurred vision of paramedics trying to put an oxygen mask on her when she wakes up i think this this to me felt like um a flashback of like maybe she was using at the moment and like i i assume this was something like that marissa did you have any i didn't see anybody talking about this online really yeah my big questions here are why this why now like um did she i felt like like, did you drink drink any tea like i just like what is happening like Mm. did you eat any food did you drink anything i mean yes the the talk of travis probably was something that like sparked her memory here but i just we haven't seen this from her recently so it's interesting Mm -hmm. it's just it's interesting because it's a very brief moment it's at the cult situation. Could it be exploited by Lottie in terms of like getting her to stay longer, trying to sort this out? Like there, there's a lot that can happen based on how Nat feels out of this. We just see that she wakes up. I don't know what her take is. Basically, I had big thoughts. If we're interested, let's in go reading. Oh, absolutely, yeah, we're here for big thoughts. So, um, I read it as the moment, like around the time when they get rescued, and mm. something about like everything that's going on in 2021 oh. feels like they're like moving between the lives that they tried to build in civilization, like their adult lives mm-hmm. and like to the time where they were the freest or like, like the, the they're like most connected to nature uh, mm-hmm. time, like when they were in the wilderness and something was more authentic or like mm-hmm. broken down to like a bare, like bare bones of like who they are, their core. Like, so that feels like she's like, tittering between these like two worlds when she's like back with Lottie and back to all like the spiritual stuff and all these like survival things and also she was like we shouldn't forget that she was about to kill herself like so so like recently Mm -hmm. and that she's talking about Travis and Travis brings up all this stuff so she's like remember like she's back to like okay no no I was rest I'm back here I'm back here like something that's what I read it like that like a grounding rescued I don't know like waking up Mm. to back in reality 
maybe or something interesting like i want to go back and watch that scene again now and kind of see if i can suss out her surroundings like yeah. where she is because i took it to be adult nat had like od'd with travis and she they were getting like revived or something mm -hmm. like that um just because it's like she her brain is so on travis currently that like that would make sense to me but i like this theory of like yeah that's fascinating because we introduced 9098 into the show this season. yeah yeah we did so i feel like maybe we'll it's possible more from that timeline yeah yeah i like that theory i'm gonna have to go back and I'm, I'm watch it for a fourth time oh my god poor me um <laughs> you do what you gotta do this is commitment yeah it's, it's work it's a work thing you know um <laughs> uh at misty's house we see her cleaning caligula's cage she discovers the note has invisible ink with her black light uh he yeah. the i know right we all knew i was like did he write this in his pee like i don't know i was doing some weird stuff you know like there's the weird people out there that would do stuff like that there'd be people out there who would think stuff like that um the security camera is just a dummy it's to hmm. prevent you know it's a, a way of preventing people from wanting to, to do harm uh the man at the mo he says well i have a man at the motel who's been living there for three months he thinks he's being interrogated tomorrow by the FBI. Would you like to join me? And Marissa, I saw something online today that truly cracked me up in a way um, from squandered privilege. Uh, <laughs> their theory is that the person who has been living at the FBI for three months is none other than Randy. <laughs> and when I tell you I full on cackled, Amazing. I would love this. <laughs> Did we learn this last season? Was he well? We know he was at the motel right. at the, hotel, the motel because he was like having issues with like his wife. Yeah, so it's possible he's been right? living there. Yeah. Oh my god, that would be amazing. I miss <laughs> Randy. Randy is so terrible, but I would be so happy if it was him. Oh my god! I also was just trying to like see Misty and Randy like have a, like a. I know. Yeah. It'd also so be funny if um if what's his name if frodo uh, elijah wood if elijah yes. wood was frodo. like um <laughs> like posing as the fbi in the situation because he's like he thinks he's going to be interrogated oh by yeah the i FBI. think that's his plan oh yeah oh and then missy shows up here in the fbi yeah we're in both in oh, the yeah. fbi cool. yeah, yeah uh so to go to the actual police officer's uh office um, we find out that, of course, the guy at the bar was a cop. He spent two hours with Callie. Uh, he says he was unofficially undercover mm -hmm. and he wants to bring Shauna in, go really hard. I like Kevin's approach. He says, Shauna's really smart. We're going to need more. We shouldn't just bring her in. Uh, and this guy, uh, Jay, maybe we don't, we don't really know a fake hobby. Um, <laughs> he says, uh, Kevin is conflicted because of the plane crash. And we find out this cop is a rookie cop. And Marissa, all I can say is I feel like even if Kevin gets the scent and figures some stuff out, I feel like this rookie cop is bound to screw things up for them. Oh, and might get in the way and be in danger. And like, we know. Oh, he's easy enough to. Yeah. Kill yeah. yeah. He's going to get killed. Yeah. yeah. You in danger, girl. Watch out. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, but again, I, I really, I said this with Josh, I was really down on the Adam storyline in season one. I'm not minding it as much this season because it's kind of bringing in other characters and other players on the board and getting them involved. Mm -hmm. And I, I liked seeing Kevin Tan back because then he connects to Nat. Like there's other things you can, other pieces on the board he connects to if we're kind of doing the whole uh, like sunny and it's always sunny kind of Charlie Day board. Mm -hmm. He connects to other pieces on the board. So I like, I like this inclusion. 
Yeah, I think um, Adam was, for lack of a better term, a necessary evil. Like we just needed, we needed something yes. for Shauna to display this behavior, and mm-hmm. then we could like circle up around it. I think yes. slowly they all have to like sort of detach from their um, current reality, where they're trying to live a normal life as like adjusted adults. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think Nat was already like sort of hovering like around this area and misty is you know misty but like <laughs> need you needed something more extreme to get ty and shauna to sort of start working towards connecting to who they were yes. when they were in the wilderness yep. yeah speaking of in the wilderness annoying like as a plot yeah i just think i don't mind like it's like when it's now a question of like oh my god are they gonna get caught it doesn't bother me as much, especially when we have other people involved that can potentially throw a, a hink in the plant. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mess it up a little bit. I, I don't mind that as much. Um, back in 1996, we're in the cabin. Travis mm. and Nat are together. Uh, they start to kiss. Uh, and when she, I noticed it is specifically the moment that she puts her hand on his chest that suddenly he sees Nat as Lottie. And they start to uh, make some moves. She Mm -hmm. has to be very careful to cover up her leg where the cut is that Mm -hmm. she cut herself to get to get blood on Hobby's pants. They begin to have sex. But when she touches his face, suddenly he sees Lottie again. Um, And now, uh, Marissa, I am going to throw it to you to talk about your uh, theory here about like specifically the positioning of Lottie holding Travis in the scene. So we've talked a lot about throughout season two, like the religious symbolism specifically, like with the blood in the tea and the eating of the ear. So we had like body blood of Christ. Final of supper. Yeah. Later on the yeah, yeah. Yeah. And one thing that stuck out to me during the scene was the fact that Lottie was holding Travis in this way that I have seen portrayed in Michelangelo's Pieta, which is a statue of Mary holding Jesus. And it's like, um, very well known if you look it up you will see it and you'll be like oh that thing um it's it's a very young version of mary like people are like how could this woman have a 33 year old son who is like in this situation Mm -hmm. so i think it it's interesting because of how lottie's story is playing out i wonder if they're trying to say something like trying to connect lottie with the story of mary and how this all works um it really is cementing her in the religious, not just spiritual, but the religious side of things, because there's no mistaking like the the way she's holding Travis in this situation and how it looks mm-hmm. to the Pieta. So from a heart, art historian perspective, it's also <laughs> very well done um, uh, statue because like it looks like she's sitting down but like the whole statue is like forced perspective so if you want to if you want to nerd out about art it's a good a good Mm -hmm. subject for that but that was the first thing like I saw it and I was like oh Pieta like this this is an intentional choice by Mm -hmm. by the show to let us know this is this is where they're going yeah it's fascinating because I think some people are speculating oh is this a love triangle but for me at least I don't I don't see that at all i see travis stuck in the middle being pulled between science and faith being pulled between head and heart um and where lottie represents the the hope that javi is alive she represents something that can push him through this really really tough part of his life um being needing something more than the uh food and sustenance that nat 
provides and more like her love is not enough to get him through this moment. And what also is interesting is during all of this, they're right. They're kind of surrounded a little bit by candles, which I'm a little bit obsessed about the candles at this point, because there's candles, 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 candles everywhere. We have like, especially always around Lottie. There are always candles with Lottie when she is underground in that weird, like bunker thing. When she's having that vision, when she's being baptized by Laura Lee, um, we see candles again, surrounding that mossy trunk that Travis has visions of when he's having his panic attack and we get candles again when he is like uh having sex with nat and these candles they don't go out but they do start to flicker but also the candles were around travis when he put himself up on the thing yes exactly so So, maybe the power's in the candles what's up with the candles so then we are like out of our bodies and we are following through the perspective of something through the forest into the sky and we see this big pile of snow falls from a tree directly on top of the funeral pyre basically and smokes the body now Mm -hmm. noah to me this is like the most spiritual kind of mystical we have gotten on the show yes because we're not connecting it to a single person we're not in somebody's consciousness like no one is aware of this this is just sort of and they're very intentionally starting from this moment that is very spiritual like some spirits have been awakened and we are following this like happy accident yes and it's yeah i think this is the biggest push towards like no it's not like this is beyond their sort of imagination Mm -hmm. i think it's the candles now i do there's okay. something with the candles, right? Like there's <laughs> like, something there because they they wouldn't just have candles or I mean, like I understand candles like for light, for warmth. Like there's a lot of reasons you'd have candles in these moments, but they're so intrinsically tied to Lottie that I feel like it has to be there's something there. And there is a really amazing article that we can put in the show notes um with uh by Jackie Strauss. It is with the creators mm. of the show. Um, and a fascinating article, highly recommend it if it's something that you're interested in, in going through. Cause I think the creators in my mind, like, I really appreciate that they are so they, they like having the ambiguity, but they also will clarify things, you know, yeah. cause I don't think I, I don't want every, I don't want to know all the details, right. I want to be able to figure out things for myself, but, um, they know, cause the, the person, the, the interviewer says, um, this episode's sex scene between Nat and Travis and Lottie's spirit, then leading to the wilderness cooking Jackie felt the most supernatural yet. Uh, and Lisco says, uh, when you're watching that scene, we hope the audience doesn't necessarily interpret that as a love triangle. It's not just Travis having sex with Natalie, but thinking about Lottie. That's not it at all. It's a battle between faith and pragmatism in a lot of ways. Faith and the acceptance of what Natalie would construe as cold reality. It's coming from a place of, place of love because Natalie loves Travis. So she doesn't want this faith to become toxic and even more painful for him and yeah. believing Javi is still alive. So it's really a beautiful relationship they have. But something in Travis is still responding to Faith, and Lottie represents that. So I think that's absolutely fascinating, and I I really loved this scene. I thought the way they did it was so well done. the The way they have Lottie kind of like hovering in the corners in this scene is just fascinating. Like you talked about Marissa, the way he's holding or she's holding Travis is fascinating. Um, it's like an out of body out of body experience for him. Um, which I feel bad because every time he's had sex now, um, he's not been fully present. <laughs> yeah. <saying. laughs> it's bound to have an impact. And the other one was with Jackie. So worth pointing that out as well. <laughs> um, 
So back to present day, we're with Ty and Simone. Simone gets a call when they're driving in the car saying, Sammy has been at the school the entire time. He has not been missing. Simone says, Ty, you need help. Uh, we get a flashback to confirm for us that Sammy was indeed never in her house. This was just her alone the entire time. And suddenly, Noah, Ty's eyes change. And it you can see there is a flicker of her eye to the right. It's almost as if she sees... I have a red light. There is a car coming. Boom. T-boned on Simone's side of the car. Oh, yes. <laughs> and suddenly Simone is regretting not reporting any of this and telling her, you need help, but not helping. Yeah. It's brutal. So I guess my question to you, Noah, is, is Simone alive? If she's not alive, then she's not conscious. And I think... She is not a factor for now. Yeah. So either she is unconscious, like uh, in the hospital, like unable in a to... coma or something, needs yeah. surgery, some, something. She is not a factor for a little bit. And um, Ty can, like, you know, completely be to like be left alone to to do whatever she needs to do, or for mm. Issa to come out fully and take over. And Sammy is going to go back to Ty. Hmm. I'm very concerned. I'm very concerned about <laughs> Sammy. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, because I do think she'll she's for like out of the way for Ty and Isa in the situation, and but I think it will give Isa power. Like, yeah. look, I was able to take care of this, and that will just um, increase Isa behavior. And then if mm-hmm. legally Sam is given to, you know to Taisa for custody like and guiding guardianship during this time um i'd be very concerned for steve better like really protect the heck out of sammy because i mean he's a tiny dog yeah he's gonna need some protection yeah Yeah, this to me this feels like isa proving to ty let me out i can help you with sammy we need sammy like it seems like isa is taking control of Ty because yeah. she's like, what are you doing? You left your son. We need him. This is the way to get him. You know, um, I think it's, it's not a surprise that Ty is hallucinating Sammy in this moment. Or right? like, look what like- I did for you. Look, I did yes. this for you. Give me yep. what I want. I just gave you this. Exactly. That's exactly what it feels like. Um, so fascinating. I I agree with you. No, I, I think that um, I think Simone's going to be, not in the picture for a little bit and, and Ty will end up with, with Sammy in custody. Um, yeah. And that's the thing is that's not even the worst thing that happens. Like there's still a whole nother scene that's way more traumatizing than this. Yeah, um, that's not how that ended. Yeah. Let's break this down. Cause it's like, Oh, in a different episode, in a different world, this is where the end episode ends, but no, back in 1996, everyone wakes up in the middle of the night, sniffing the air. They kind of mosey outside, like almost like in a trance like state. Mm. uh and realize it's jackie's body that smells so good shauna gets there she kind of kneels down by jackie's head touches her stomach and says she wants us to and we get this really beautiful scene uh where it is almost like uh whether you want to call it the final supper or you want to call it like a grecian feast um that's what the writers have been calling it the feast the feast and they're beautiful oh my god i was so happy let me just say um 
in situations like these and shows like these where the characters are in like a survival type of situation where you're in like The Walking Dead or this or The Last of Us, right? Where they're not getting to change their outfits much. They're pretty much going to be in like a few different outfits. I was so happy that the actors got to be all prettified and glammed up for an episode to like, they looked so cool in their outfits. They did. <laughs> so props to costuming. Um, but yeah, we're, we're getting interspliced with Ashana being the first one and we see her eating a strawberry in the in the Grecian feast uh cut off a piece of Jackie and eat it and everyone kind of falls suit and there's like this overindulgence right this very like celebratory laughing in in the Grecian feast versus them like just housing on uh what what the Redditors have deemed snacky Snacky. I'm obsessed with the term snacky it's terrible but it's hilarious um and coach ben uh goes inside and he's so overwhelmed he closes the door i mean i feel like we all think coach ben is his his time is very limited we didn't see him in 98 getting rescued and uh he is the biggest guy and he only has one leg so don't know he's going to be running away very quickly if they're going to try to catch him and kill him uh i feel like we all should be a little bit nervous for coach ben here yeah, one of the things I saw on Reddit kind of ties into this about um, whether like the next person that they cannibalize would be somebody that's murdered or someone that's injured. I still think we're on like the injury accident um, way of things, but I think that mm-hmm. Coach Ben might be um, the bridge between how we get to oh. somebody has died. They are now food to let's force someone to die in mm-hmm. a ritual so that we have food. He might mm-hmm. be, I, I think we talked a little bit about this in our prediction. Like he, he could fall in a pit. It's very, very likely that someone with one leg yeah. and some, some crutches in the wilderness could fall into a pit. That's where he could die. We could get that. That's how we could get to that. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if he will be murdered. Like people were saying on Reddit that Ty is Ty's gonna like be the person that murders Ben, but I think it'll be more of an accident. I mean, either way, he seems to be following Jackie's path of like Jackie when she was like exiled, it's because she was not um like on the same page as everybody else. Like they're all like, Okay, we're in the wilderness, we're surviving all these like high school drama things, they don't matter. Like the same rules that mattered before, they don't matter here. And Ben is at the same, like now sort of exhibiting the same sort of disconnect from the group where mm-hmm. they're all like sharing this delirious state and they're doing this together and they wouldn't want to be judged. And a lot of the things that the, like the writer of the episode was talking about in interviews was like, um, they, like he is not a teen. He's not in the same place. He's still sort of, grounded by morals and behaviors mm-hmm. and taboos of like general society and it's like the next step like the first step was like okay we're not at high school anymore now we're we're not in society anymore and the same rules do not apply but they still apply for him and he is judging them and like or maybe they feel like because he didn't partake that he is judging them and that's also not good like it doesn't matter if he's judging them if they think they that he is then he is not part of the group anymore Mm-hmm. So something is leading towards like the same exile or fight or disconnect that happened with Jackie. Mm-hmm. I would be mortified as a school 
person like involved in any type of school activity. And this was, you know, like I, I'm sure he feels some sort of responsibility in the situation too of like, oh, we're he- we're here. Yeah. This is where we are now. And yeah, you know, I'm the adult in the situation. <laughs> like that has to be a little unsettling for him as well. Yeah. 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 Um, so the this hall kind of takes place with climbing the walls by Radiohead playing mm-hmm. classic 90s tune. Uh, yeah. So let's get into some feedback we had here. Of course, we are on Obvi Watch. Uh, or, or, excuse me, Obvi Hobby Watch. Obvi Hobby. <laughs> Uh, is Javi the obvious man? Maybe Javi is the guy at the bar, Kevin's partner. All we have to say about that is his name is Jay. Jay? There's a Jay and Javi. There's a Jay. I will find links to anything. <laughs> I don't know. Like too young thing. to be Javi. Yeah, I get it. Sure. I get it. But we also yeah. are eating humans. So, like, <laughs> anything is possible, right? I'm um, just putting it out there. <laughs> uh, so, we got some feedback from Rockland Tiger saying yeah. uh, that they think the she in she wants us to is referring to the fetus. She uh, So, Shauna says this after touching and looking at her stomach. Regardless of the baby's fate, my prediction is Shauna names it Jackie, even potentially thinking it is her reborn. Well, that was fascinating. Hmm. That is possible definitely possible and plausible like seeing mm-hmm. as the last thing she said to jackie before jackie was cu- burned um was uh i don't know where you end and i begin mm-hmm. and yeah. she's like literally got someone else in her where you cannot tell where that person begins and ends so yeah i could see it uh, but do you want to do you want to go over the yeah. other feedback we have, Marissa? For sure. So Connor wrote in and said, "Do we think it's possible that Lottie's cult members could be a possible scapegoat for the murder of Adam? Now that Misty slash Elijah Wood are teaming up to uncover more information about Adam and Nat's disappearance, and the fact that we know Lottie's cult was watching Nat and possibly the other Yellow Jackets closely, I feel like that these storylines, it's possible that these storylines will interact or intersect." Hmm. That could be what happens, right? Like, if we're trying to keep Shauna and the other Yellow Jackets out of jail, uh, I think it, I think it's possible they could place blame on on the cults, the cult for sure. I mean, it's a cult. Cults do bad things, so they're burying people alive, right? Uh, I feel like it's not the not the worst scapegoat in the world to have. Yeah. Whatever yeah. device that they can use to sort of solve this investigation problem would be great i could see like misty finding out that like nats with the cult and then turning the motive to the cult like i could see it go that way mm-hmm. for sure mm-hmm. and then just one more uh feedback shout out uh thank you to rachel who wrote in a very detailed summary of like true blood season two and yellow jacket season two and the parallels between the two i unfortunately have not watched true but blood and I watched some of it and it was a very, very long time ago. So I am not um, one to speak on these parallels. However, if you have also watched the show, I just, you may see some similarities between the two. I just want to thank Rachel for, for her hard work mm-hmm. in terms of putting, putting those comparisons together. Unfortunately, I'm not that great to speak on them. Um, but it would be interesting if there were parallels across like all different types of shows. And yeah. like, what is the show itself trying to say about it's talking on many many different topics right we've got Mm -hmm. science reason um religion cops we've got like all of these things so like what is the thesis of the show and if it can pull on other shows it'd be interesting at the end 
I'll write my paper and I'll let you know <laughs> my yeah. thoughts on this. But it is a question I think about quite often. Like, what yeah. is the trout trying to say? Yes. Um, let's get into a little bit more Reddit roundup here. We have a couple other theories left on the table. Mm -hmm. um, I, I liked this uh, comment here from uh, Jelly <laughs> Jelly Rat 24 um, where they talked about Jackie's speech in the attic from mm -hmm. season one. Friendship doesn't matter. Love doesn't matter. They're just things that we used to pretend we aren't going to end up like rotted out husks in some bullshit attic. Uh, Jackie had beauty and popularity, but in the end, it didn't matter. She ended up lying abandoned in a shack for months and then burnt as a burnt husk whose only purpose was to feed her teammates for a night. I don't know. It just feels even sadder in a way than her dying did. Um, also, on a lighter note, the fact that they had her locked in the pantry on Doom Coming had me wheezing. <laughs> Just that's pretty good pretty funny <laughs> uh, <laughs> i mean there yeah i think her speech hits differently now and i think the fact that she was captain hits differently now for sure mm -hmm. um uh so let's see we also have um decent paddler 5019 uh, had some present day thoughts. Mm -hmm. uh, they think Ty purposefully crashed into the pickup truck because her eyes kind of look past Simone before they were hit. Also, Simone's threat of letting the press know, ruining Ty's career, starting an inquiry into the Yellow Jacket's survival, obviously make her a target. Um, and it's interesting to see this tension of whether the Yellow Jackets bring back the darkness uh, with them or the darkness comes from them. Seems like whenever they shed blood, even in the present, good things happen for them. Ty's election upset after killing her dog. Shauna's husband's store miraculously doing well after Adam's death. I will also point out that it is it is only Travis who drinks the blood tea that yep. morning when he has the visions of Lottie and Jackie gets cooked. Yep. So there is bloodletting in that episode as well as Nat cuts her own Nat, leg in yep. that episode. Yep. So there's something there. Um, and uh, uh, what is this trying to say? Like, that's like where my mind is like, okay, yeah, there is something there, but what is it? What is it saying? Yeah. Uh, they also said in the woods, um, we finally got to see how they ended up resorting to cannibalism. Every time they shed blood, it's as if the forest rewards them or manipulates them. Specifically after cutting Travis at doom coming, the bear sacrificed itself for the group. Uh, the group is comparing the bear's sacrifice with Jackie's death in Slow Cook as a reason for eating her. Hmm. So it'll be know. something to watch. Like I think, okay, so we got our eyes chart. We need to make. We got to make a blood chart. We eyes gotta, chart, blood chart. Yeah. We've got we've got some things to be tracking throughout the rest of the season for mm -hmm. sure. So uh, much. Digitalized Donut says um, that <laughs> the names on these correct me. Up. Mm -hmm. uh, remember when Lottie was possessed and muttering in French, she said it wants blood. I think maybe Lottie had something to do with Travis's death as a sacrifice because whatever this thing is wanted blood. Notice how snow fell on Jackie out of nowhere and left her body perfectly cooked. It's like the spirit or entity that is following them is causing events to influence their slow slope into uh, into insanity and immorality. Ooh, ooh, ooh. there were candles there were candles <laughs> there were candles and, yeah. and blood there will that be candles wild. and blood there will be blood Wasn't how many that a candles thing? do they have in that <laughs> cabin though like eventually the candles are gonna run out yeah i mean yeah 19 months worth of candles that's, that's, that's a, lot, a lot, lot of candles, candles. Yeah. yeah especially during like daylight savings they have, like, you know six of them at a time like <laughs> come on save the candles <laughs> hashtag save the candles <laughs> 
uh, more responsible. You ration your candles. If you're going to ration mm-hmm. your food, ration your candles. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else anybody wants mm-hmm. to bring up, chat about, any last theories we want to discuss uh, before we wrap things up? This episode was like so intense, and I can't believe we're only two episodes into this season. It feels like so much has happened. I'm appreciating how like we're moving fast. We're making things count. Each episode is important. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Do we think we will? Do we think when do we think the next feast will be? I think it's going to take a while. I think so too. Cause now their bellies are full and this was like presented to them on a platter, right? This was not mm-hmm. something they did. I think there's one more important thing that I've, I didn't yes. really realize from watching the episode, but has come up in interviews that um, there's one person who doesn't, who's going to discover that they did this the next morning. And that is Ty because apparently Issa was the one who was eating Jackie. Oh, he sort of like, he just said it as in the, as an answer to, in, to a question in an interview, like of this, this is something we're supposed to know, but I didn't notice that. So I guess that when you, that the motive, like, cause it was Taisa that said we should cremate mm-hmm. her. So then was that an Issa motivated Oh, comments. I don't know, but I think the moment the feast, it's in the feast itself, Issa was starts one associating, yeah. And then, in like, I think yeah. they're all going to have some sort of snacky uh hangover in the next episode, and they're going oh, well, to have that's what I'm looking most laughing. forward to, yeah, yeah. Is like, is seeing how they deal with things the next day because what and do you also, mean? Ty needs to I mean, like learn that it happened first. I know she was in like nature's fridge and all, but she is like two months of human post-life processes <laughs> that yeah. happened here. so um... And they didn't take her jacket. So I know yeah. people are obsessed with the, like, they eat a lot of chemicals and stuff, too. Yeah, yeah. they did. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and yeah. she wasn't prepared for eating. No. Plus, uh, Javi's no. pants are probably not, like, natural material, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. 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 So maybe we'll learn that next week we'll see what happens on next week's episode but this was so much fun i love doing a deep dive into the show just because they're oh there's so much to chew on that's disgusting yes. there's so much <laughs> um <laughs> no thank you so much for joining us where can people mm-hmm. find you what are you up to what do you have going on i am uh watching a lot of television um and re-watching a lot of television but right now I'm mostly obsessed with yellow jackets and ted lasso which is mm, such a yes. delight to have back in a good balance uh, I'm on Twitter um, at Noana Aman, my name. Um, and this was such a delight. I love it when I get to do these um, mm-hmm. more, more, more. It's just <laughs> so much fun to obsess about television with other people who are obsessed about television. What yeah, you definitely found the right place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely. Marissa, what yes. do you have going on? Speaking of Ted Lasso. Yeah, so I'm helping Josh and Antonio out on the uh Ted Lasso podcast producing that one so if you have any feedback I would love to read it and hear it and and um get that on the show and I'm also watching a lot of Ted Lasso and also a lot of Yellow Jackets I just want everyone to know I never played soccer I never really could play soccer like the whole kicking the ball and then running after the ball at a speed like it just did not work for me Mm -hmm. but I am glad I get to like vicariously live through these TV shows Um, outside of that I have wrapped up a bunch of shows here on PSR we just recently wrapped up you coverage and that was with Latanya Starks Daisy Jones and the Six with Sarah Ferguson 
and Dear Edward with Jason Reed. You can find all of those shows here on Posture Recaps. If I am up to anything else, you can find me on Twitter at MarsBars, M-A-R-Z-B-A-R-S. As long, I mean, I think we're back in the as long as Twitter is around stage, but mm-hmm. I will let you know where I'm going if anything happens there. Uh, that's what's up with me. Just what's up with you? It's all, it is all succession and all yeah. yellow jackets in my world. I'm watching these episodes too many times every week but like i can't help myself i i need more <laughs> i'm hungry for more um so you can hear me talking about those things and of course on shit 90 shows taught me sarah and i have just started season six of dawson's creek the final season oh, that's my biggest uh childhood obsession dawson's creek it's so good uh, i had posters all over the wall i know i know all of season two by heart i think still it won't come out of my brain i'm trying yeah, to get it because it's the best season it is the best season yes so uh check out all of that uh at shit 90s pod and i am at the just sterling on twitter uh, and next week, we'll be back with episode three of season two of Yellow Jackets. Like we said before, if you want to subscribe, pusherrecaps.com slash Yellow Jackets. Or if you want to see everything we have going on, we have Ted Lasso and Succession and Yellow Jackets and more. Pusherrecaps.com slash subscribe. If you'd like to become a patron, pusherrecaps.com slash Patreon. And of course, don't forget to send in your wild and crazy theories. The wilder, the better. Pusherrecaps.com slash buzz, buzz, buzz. And we will talk to you all next week. Until then. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. 